everyone. I am Carla Jakubovic, hostess of the Swiss Learning Podcast, and thanks for listening. Swiss Learning represents 16 prestigious schools in Switzerland, and they're experts at finding the right fit for each student. This season, we will showcase our heads of schools to share their stories and insights with you. This morning, we're welcoming director, president of the board of directors, and an alumnus himself of Institut Montana, Zuckerberg, Alexander Binner. Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you, Carla. Tell us about where you were born and raised. How did you grow up? I um, grew up in a small, this uh, lovely town of Zermatt, uh, amidst of the uh, <laughs> Swiss Alps, uh, on the bottom of the very famous uh, Matterhorn. Uh, probably one of the best places you can grow up as a child. Uh, but uh, with a little bit of shortcoming that uh, the educational possibilities uh, were very limited. So my parents probably already started looking at boarding schools before I was born, but definitely was part of uh, me and they already chose the Institute Montana where I then, um, when 1970, graduated in the Swiss, the Swiss Matura in 78 and my brother followed and my son followed. So quite a long history. That sounds really nice. Alex, who was your childhood hero and why? I um, don't recall. That's probably has something to do with my age. That I don't <laughs> remember who my heroes. I only remember that my heroes changed according to what I was just doing at any given time. So anytime uh, when I was heavily into skiing, I had a hero who was a skier. Then in summer, I was a goalkeeper. Then I had a hero who was a goalkeeper. So I, I don't remember uh, having one particular person over a long stretch of time. So it always switched with my immediate interests in something. But that's interesting. I think we all can relate to that. And I also feel like I've had different heroes uh, throughout my lifetime. So I think most of our students and our listeners will be able to relate to that. Uh, How about a meaningful teacher or mentor who impacted your life? Does anyone come to mind? Uh, Yes, actually, uh, quite a few uh, come to my mind. And I've been thinking about that and it's also important for me today in in in, in my uh, current position. Um, I think that teachers who can bring across their personal interest in any subject and and get across the passion of they have in that subject, these are the ones who I remember best. So uh, I had, uh, for example, history, geography, um, business, and law was a new subject at the time. Um, in in uh, when I went to school, and even um, English literature. So the, the, I think when you went into a classroom and there was a teacher who couldn't wait to get you excited about the subject, these are the ones uh, who are um, who are in my memory. But I also now in, t- in t- my today's position, when I see that somebody brings that across. Um, then they have a much bigger chance to be hired than somebody who bores you to death. So um, I I find uh, in my entire educational path, I had uh, um, always teachers who had that eagerness to excite you about something. And um, there are subjects which were a little bit more difficult to excite. But, (laughs) but, I mean, generally, 
um, the characteristics were there and still today uh, important for me. Absolutely. And I think it's undeniable that passion is contagious. So if they're yes. if they're coming into the classroom with with so much passion about something you it can't help but uh, um get the students uh, excited as well i i have those memories too so yeah that's that's a super valid point and how did you end up in education um well i'm not a trained educator by um uh by education or um um, university education. I, I always had a very um, interest in education. Um, I think it started possibly with my mother, who always said, "Oh, education is the one thing the network can take away from you." Uh, uh, so that um, sticks with me. But I lived nearly thirty years in a Swiss university town. Was involved with the university there. Then when we moved to Zug, my son was at Montana. Then I was involved um, in in um, taking the bigger interest in the school. So um, I, I think a driving force for me was that um, education is one of the most impor- important pillars uh, for the development of any society, um, irrespective on on, uh, on which. Uh, level of curve uh, they are in the development. It is very important, and I always uh, had that in mind um, that it's important. So I had always an interest in education, and then I became uh, 2011 uh, chairman of Institute Montana, and then of course I was in the middle of education. Mm-hmm. And how would you describe your leadership style? Um, well, in uh, in my uh, Previous life, um, uh, having my own business um, at the time, uh, you c- communicate with your uh, key um, uh, p- people, staff around you, uh, completely different. With uh, the Montana, I had to adopt that slightly uh, because we um, have different educational programs, Swiss and international. They have a different culture and still, so you want the unity. On one hand, being one school, but also want to allow um, the development of the diversity, and that uh, requires far more uh, in-depth dialogue, much more discussions with um, the key representatives of the different schools. So uh, I think it is important, um, like in any business, but I found it here even much more important: um, the inclusiveness to include everybody uh, much more that. Uh, and spend enough time with that, which is difficult in today's world, which is so fast moving. Time is a resource we can't multiply. It is. Alex, what's something most of us don't know about your school? Well, we're on 1,000 meters, and um, so uh, we have the four seasons. And when I see pictures of the 30s, we used to have a swimming pool, a natural swimming pool, and um, with natural uh, water from our well. So we have the well still with freezing cold water. So imagining to having a swimming pool with nearly freezing cold water in the middle of the summer is, and, and kids having fun being there is uh, uh, something I never experienced, but I, I actually have no interest in experiencing it. <laughs> so, so that is um, something from our history where I just wonder when I walk by this pond, which was as a, 
as a pawn to, um, uh, now without swing capabilities um, that I always wondered. Must have been hard, hard kids at that, at that time. Absolutely. What three words would you use to describe your school? Um, it hasn't changed since um, uh, 1926 when the school opened. Uh, and it goes back into a deep um, history. Uh, we still have um, the size, the uh, relatively small school, that we can assure individual care. So the individual in the center of our doing is very important and um, very uh, something we focus on, not the, the staff, the teachers, the, board, uh, the boarding staff, and so on, the from the dining room, everybody. Um, is much aware that what counts is the individual and they're all different and uh, we should know as much as possible for all of who they are, what their preferences are and then we can cater to that. Um, and then um, the international side, very important, um, was already then very important in a completely different context. Uh, but I mean, we have kids from 58 nations, I assume, today, and that, that they understand each other, get far more to know each other, become friends, understand what their concerns are and where their background is, what their families are um, uh, confronted with in their countries. Uh, and the third is the integration, to, to have one community. We are um, quite close to the uh, rural centers like Zurich, Lucerne, uh, less than an hour from the airport, but we are on, to on top of the mountain and at, in the evening at six o'clock, there's nobody else than us up here. And um, that we um, work on having the integration and having one community. So the, these are so three driving words that already existed in 1926. You still use, but in a slightly different world. Well, the first driving word you used was individual. Could you tell us about a memorable student? Um, of course, from my time, I remember uh, many individually um, out of different uh, reasons. But um, some of it I found out later. Um, and there's, there's very much in my memory. And I, I um, rec want to recall what they said. They said they like to go on holiday, but much more to come back, that they really um, enjoyed um, the, the learning and the living experience here and and taking full advantage of it. And that is a driving uh, force for me today. I want to uh, the today's student feel the same, that uh, um, yes, they uh, love uh, the holiday. They're looking forward to going on holiday, but we want them to come back with a great enthusiasm and energy looking forward. Uh, for the next uh, term or something. And um, these are the memorable students um, who made my life at that time because um, their uh, approach to life in a way uh, that um, Montana was their second home and they lived up to it. They made them much um, contributed tremendously to the community life, which I didn't realize quite at the time, but I could name five of them who made a large impact on 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 my well-being because they were so positive. Well, and as a school director, hearing that they missed the school and that they look forward to coming back to it, I think that's the biggest compliment you could get, right? 
Right, and that's why I, that's a little bit the mirror uh, for me today. I want to create an environment with with my colleagues up here, um, it, which is exactly that. Of course, we want them to uh, go on holidays. We want them to be happy to go home, but I'm much more happy when they're happy to come back. Absolutely. Alex, we mentioned that Montana was founded in 1926, which means it's been around for almost 100 years now. How do you innovate without compromising tradition? Uh, well, I would see it not as a co contradiction at all. So uh, on the value side, I um, very much believe that these traditional values we have from the founder who uh, had a very particular and far-sight view on the world then of what was coming, um, that they are still very valid today. So the value-based side is important. But at the same time, um, or at, at, when he founded the school, it was regarded as being highly innovative. Um, so, um, and we are educating um, kids for the future. So they're only a little part of their life, but a very important part of their life we are with us. And our um, mandate is to prepare them for the world of the future, and that includes innovation. So it is a it's a completely different school than it was twenty six, uh, but the innovation was always a driving force. And if I read whatever twenty six the documents was regarded as a very innovative school. Don't want to lose that at all. And we are not educating our students for the past. We're doing that for the future. Absolutely. And in speaking of the future and of the present, actually, what's the best problem to be solving in 2023? Well, I feel uh, schools are um, also a certain reflection. They're not completely immune to what societies uh, are going through. And um, so uh, that is on the macro level. We have to deal with it in the uh, um, micro side. I mean, we were going going into COVID was an enormous challenge. Getting out of COVID is an, a completely different challenge. It's not that easy to go back. Um, we feel that students have lost a lot uh, during COVID um, of their freedom. They were not allowed to do it. And so um, we are working very hard uh, to get back to what one could call the normality, although it's not the same as 2019, for example. And um, and for us as a school, uh, this, uh, what I mentioned uh, before, um, having united with a large amount of diversity and uh, our societies in some countries more than others, uh, this is a big issue. Um, radicalization is increasing uh, uh, at, at practically everywhere, and uh, we want to find a very good balance between the different tasks we are uh, aiming for. So that is so kind of in 2023, our challenge that we keep the school in one direction going and not having um, a too wide of controversies on topics and having everybody. I mean, I feel that Montana here on top of the mountain is a very special oasis, um, in the, especially in this time of work, and that we live as a community. Agreed. Alex, kids are quote-unquote molded during their time at school, 
and they certainly leave transformed. In which aspects do you feel your institution contributes the most? Well, um, we uh, call ourselves my place to grow. So um, when I um, was at Montana in the 70s, it was also my place to grow. That's where I grew up, where my few years later, my brother, 20 years later or 30 years later, my, my son. It's a, every time a different challenge of uh, my place to grow. You're facing different challenges. So um, uh, it is all about creating an environment um, at a given time uh, to provide a good uh, surrounding for my place to grow in a different time and, uh, and always towards the future. So uh, the future for me in the 80s is a different future than my son um, uh, was confronted a couple of years ago when he graduated. So, um, and that is very much ho uh, a holistic approach to, uh, the, um, uh, to every single student. Uh, we have always, of course, uh, the formal education being a very big part of it. But the rest uh, is uh, preparing students to the world of tomorrow they are confronting and that they grow up as um, good individuals uh, being able to cope with what comes and uh, the speed of change is today much, much higher than it has ever been. And therefore, uh, professionally alone, they um, we can't say we train you now as this and you will do 40 years that. Um, no, we they will be confronted in a world, uh, in a job world where the jobs are not even known today, which they might have can choose from in the five, ten years. So my place to grow is something I would like to put in the center of our existence here. And in speaking about the future, do you envision traditional classrooms to exist in the future? What does the future of education look like to you? Um, personally, I believe... Um, the style will always change a little bit. So the style we have today is different than uh, yesterday. Um, and we learned hell of a lot and uh, during COVID, moving into the digital um, uh, world and um, giving classes uh, in the digital way, but it's also showed its limitation. We couldn't have uh, gone there, uh, you know, changed the entire world and to say now from tomorrow on, we just will uh, do digital um, distant um, learning uh, or hybrid learning. Um, so uh, it's the mixture. And, and when I see how is, uh, um, our classrooms function today, they have a wide range uh, also, of course, influenced by, by the teachers, but I mean, um, the teaching methods have are under constant change. But I find the per I, I don't see, and um, I have never experienced it. Some countries uh, rely much more on it than that because of their um, geography. Um, I think this personalized small classes, dedicated teacher bringing the best out of the subject, the way it is subject related the best is probably going to maintain also in future. And if somebody breaks their leg, then we can change and offer them digital. But I mean, um, I don't see that 
on the same level. We see it now when we came back from COVID, how much um, the physical presence teaching has improved. But it's not the same way anymore as there in the old movies, teacher stands in front, kids in there, and the interactions have changed. I think everyone agrees that we haven't yet found a substitute for human human interaction, have we? That gives us a great possibility for our future. No, I believe uh, that's going to uh, uh, stick around. I, d I don't see it being replaced. It's wonderful that these possibilities exist, but I do believe uh, the physical presence of teaching is not going to die. I agree. Alex, what does success mean in your role? We had last weekend, so a few days ago, we had the first uh, homecoming with the alumni community after COVID. So we didn't do it for um, a couple of years. I think the last one was in 2018. And I think when the students come back, and over 200 came back in April, which is normally two in summer, we have more. Um, but we were booked out because we had a lot of limitation of uh, big rooms. Um, then you, when you see the students that you saw growing up here and how they developed to young adults, found their way, happiness, their um, passion of what they want to do. And, um, and just seeing that, how they developed um, from, uh, from the, the time they left Montana uh, to where they're now, I think that that is the biggest um, rate of success uh, we have. So it's a little bit different from the private sector thinking, um, where your success, uh, where success is very much uh, can be brought down to quantitative measures. Uh, it's I, I feel it's much more uh, qualitative. And uh, when they all left, um, I was happy to see that many of these students. Have, found their way and are on a very good path, or there were some older ones and who looked back and said Montana gave them a wonderful stepstone for the future. And that I find is a very important compliment and measurement of success. Absolutely. And finally, any final message or advice for parents and students who are considering joining Montana? I, I would um, take it much broader. Uh, Switzerland it, it has such fantastic educational um, possibilities and they're very diverse. And the decision to send your kid, for example, in a boarding school is a very important decision. So I would recommend much more. Yes, Switzerland, fantastic location. I um, We have fantastic schools. Montana is one of them. Um, and um, start early and take your time because it's such an important decision and you can judge what is best, that the parents can judge uh, with their um, uh, kids the best, what is the, their best fit and um, not um, everything is one fit here. I find the, the, the diversity that Switzerland offers is, is absolutely unique and uh, everybody will find a school that fits them. And we we are hopefully are one of them. Alex, thank you so much. I really enjoyed having you on the show this morning. Thank you very much, Carla. If anyone else has any questions and wants to continue this conversation, can they find you on LinkedIn? They can find me on LinkedIn and, of course, on the website. 
Fantastic. And if anyone else has any questions about anything else they heard on the podcast today, feel free to contact me at carla at swisslearning.com. Thanks for listening and until next time. Bye.